Welcome to the Apple of Truth, a weekly podcast where we cover every single episode of Lucifer while exploring plot holes and diving deep into all the details you never knew you needed. I'm Lena. And I'm Vero. And we both not only share a deep love for the show and its creators, but also for our glorious patrons who enrich our lives on more than one level. Today we are talking about Season 3, Episode 5. Welcome back, Charlotte Richards. And I have to say, spoiler alert, <laughs> thank you for ruining the first plot twist of the many in this episode. There were plot twists? Well, I have written down numerous of them because I was shocked by some developments. I'm very curious what these are gonna be because I didn't have them. And the biggest surprise development would have been the appearance of Charlotte fucking Richards if the episode wasn't called Welcome Back Charlotte fucking Richards. I might be willing to concede that point. But as you just said, in this episode, Charlotte returns as herself with all the mental baggage one would expect but still manages to reconnect with both Lucifer and Dan. The story of the week has actual real-life connections, which I talk about in The Devils in a Detail. Chloe gives us some good parenting advice at the end, and I'm feeling just a bit more hopeful for season three now. Is it because we didn't have Pierce in this episode? Yes. <laughs> also Charlotte. Also Charlotte. Also the writing. Also everything. Okay, well, if we talk about Charlotte, I have actually written Charlotte as the obsession of the week this time. And once again, I disagree because the obsession of the week goes full circle in the episode and it is accountability. Oh. In the beginning, he refuses to accept that accountability is something that is good and normal and positive and at the very end, he embraces it and accepts it. That is fair. However, I think that he still is obsessed with Charlotte for a very long time in this episode, which I kind of agree with because I am also obsessed with Charlotte. You're not wrong. I'm just more right. How dare you? Do you disagree? <laughs> I did not say anything like that. No comments. No comments. So facts and fun this time. We have a sixth time returning director. So someone who has repeatedly worked with Lucifer. He has done season one episode two with the paparazzi. I didn't even write down the name. I just realized Sorry! Maybe if he comes back again. He has done the season one finale. He has done the season two pilot. He has done episode eight and season two with Ezra's Blade coming back and stabbing everyone. And he has done the episode 10 with the trial. But most importantly, we have a fourth time return writer in Chris Rafferty. I was just gonna ask if it's Chris Rafferty. And Chris Rafferty has written A Priest Walks Into a Bar, Monster, and A Good Day to Die. So it comes as no surprise that the writing of this episode is not just good, it is great. It's pretty amazing. We have a last second episode title drop by Lucifer, which gives us 404, still ignoring the season 2 insert. And as small fun thing that I didn't notice and only read up on after I watched it, Charlotte's necklace and one of the throw pillows in her apartment bear a meander pattern, also known as Greek keys. Meanders are associated with eternity or unity and are often used to represent labyrinths, symbolizing places that are difficult to get out of, but if successfully traveled, can lead to enlightenment or salvation. Charlotte was literally in hell and is psychologically still there, but is trying to find her way out. I would like to add to that that Charlotte is not actually the one who purchased these items. It was mom who did. So I would rather draw the parallel to mom getting out of hell and to her own universe in the end and Earth being the labyrinth than uh, Charlotte actually doing similar thing. But Charlotte is donning the necklace actively. Yes, but she is actively living in mom's apartments, you know. I think it relates to both. Oh yeah, it definitely relates to both. I just wanted to point out the fact that Charlotte probably didn't choose them. Mom did the shopping, most likely, but Charlotte is using them. Yay! She's also drinking the Merlot. Well, if you have, <laughs> How many cases of red wine? 30. Yeah. So, it is time for Previously on Lucifer. You're getting more celebrity deathmatch and less British with each episode. I have noticed. Well, I still have another 50, 60, 70 episodes to try this again. So, I'm good with this. 
Mum escaped from hell and settled in Charlotte's body. She started a thing with Dan, embraced Charlotte's life, then started bursting so Lucy sliced open the universe and made her go away. And Charlotte returned to her body. Chloe had a brush with death, Pierce saved her life, and Lucy wasn't there. We are at Performance Pudding Plus, which, I'm sorry, is one of the worst pudding names I've ever heard. I mean, it's at least an alliteration. P-P-P? Really? That's an alliteration you want for your fucking pudding? Just P-P. Just P-P? When it gives you kidney failures? (laughs) It's funny. But we actually start this off, surprise, surprise, with a song. Called P-P? It's called Dark Love by Miami Horror. Because... In the dark, he goes to make a pot of semen. No, it's because <laughs> the guard is a night guard and he sits in the dark and he eats all the pudding. Speaking of pudding, the nightly cooking of pudding seems unlikely and pretty much is just the setup for the dude to die. So I was very much... Eh. And also... Since we see the chemical, the names on the containers that he puts next to the ginormous pot where the pudding is being cooked, which I explain in more depth in this week's Devil in the Detail, it was not surprising because this is a real life connection. And if you were alive in 2008 and you read the newspapers, you might already know what is going to happen in this episode. Or, you know, you're a normal human being who doesn't freeze frame and read the fine text. What? Okay, so I'm just gonna finish off this scene with the beautiful cinematic end where we see the spread eagle body in the pudding and we get the exact cut to the Wonder Woman doll lying on the floor, spread eagle as well. Only pudding person face down, Wonder Woman face up. Yay, because she's still alive. It's a Barbie doll. It's not alive. You don't know that. Have you never seen Toy Story? (coughs) Gotcha. (laughs) I have to say, I extremely enjoyed this scene. I love the interaction with Trixie. I love Lucifer's take on the entire happening. The extort money from your offspring had me laugh out loud in front of my screen. And as hilarious as I found the entire thing, I just have to say, season three to me feels that Linda is not only not getting anywhere with Lucy in therapy, but actually taking steps back because he's completely off the deep end once again. Yeah, I actually have had issues with Lucifer at the beginning of this episode. By the end of it, I was completely in love and I was really enjoying the whole thing. Because this time we get actual growth. Yeah. Because this episode is good, unlike the previous. But in the first couple of scenes, I did have a bit of an issue and I was worried that I'm not gonna like it. But what I actually did is do you remember what we talked about having Trixie back in comparison how much she grew since the inserted episode from season two to now? I wish I could say no because I never remember anything but I actually do remember that. What I have done this episode is I have taken a picture of Trixie and then I have downloaded a picture of Trixie from the Maze episode and I have made a little collage for you guys so I'm just gonna add that to the episode post. So can you tell the difference? It's not a massive difference but you can tell that there has been probably a whole bunch of months instead of just a whole bunch of weeks. Hmm, curious. Her hair is very different. I did not remember it when watching the episode. I only remembered it when you just now mentioned it. So I didn't pay attention to that during the episode. So that is something that I have remembered to do. Pat on my shoulder. I'm very proud of you. Oh, thank you. I'm very proud of me too. But accountability has became the word of the week in this scene because it has been said way too many times. Which is why it was my obsession of the week. Fair enough. And I love that Chloe is on the same boat with us with the whole, oh yeah, sure, you're gonna just leave dad behind and you're not gonna pay attention to him. Of course. I feel like in this episode, Chloe has a much better understanding of Lucifer than she has had the entire season so far. Okay, tin hat on. (laughs) 
it may have something to do with the fact that now she is bedazzled by Pierce. So she has stopped being so obsessed with the idea of Lucifer that she created in her head. No, I would rather say she's not preoccupied with having to prove herself to Pierce. So now she has capacity again to be more her normal self. That sounds actually more reasonable than mine. So I'm going to take off my hat and I'm going to agree with you. <laughs> no tinfoil hat needed this episode. Thank you. And of course, we get that little end of the scene where Lucifer says something to Trixie and I was livid they didn't tell me straight away. But we do find out by the end. So worth it. Which makes my heart happy and sing. It was so worth it. So worth it. But then we move on to the pudding tub. And my first thought in that scene was poor Dan with his love for pudding when he sees this. And he talks about the pudding having twice as much protein and me having already done my homework for the devils in the details. Yeah, and we know why it has twice as much protein. As Ella says, twice as much dead body, which also meat is protein. So I was just like, "Uh uh-huh, twice as much protein. Sure, now it has even more. And then, of course, we have the guard talking to our protagonists. How should we call them? Group of favorites people. Who? Detectives. Police. And Lucifer. He's a consultant, so he's part of the police. Is he? Okay, never mind. They are interviewing the guard. And, of course, the guard mentions the man upstairs. And Lucifer's head, obviously, first place it goes, is to God. Which is unusual because he says God and not dad. He nearly never does that. He usually says dad or father. This is like the third time or something that he has done this. At least he's trying to distance himself from his dad. But he still has him on his mind. Do you think this was a deliberate trial by him? Then I would actually like it. I don't think it was deliberate but it's a good explanation of what just happened there. Because you're right, he doesn't actually say God very often so... We go over to the precinct and we finally see the extent of Dan's addiction. I love it so much that there's so much pudding in there because in the past, whenever someone ate his pudding, I assumed it was the only one in the fridge. Do you think he has like stickers on each and every one of them saying property of Dan Espinosa, do not touch? No, but I think each is gonna have a post-it with Dan on it. Which pretty much says everything. Yeah, but it's gonna be a small post-it and not the full print wrapped in yellow post-it. Nope, it is. The entire pudding (laughs) is actually re-wrapped in post-it saying, do not touch. Warning, warning, Dan Espinosa's property. If you're Lucifer, do not eat this. If you're Lucifer, close the door and leave the building. That I could actually picture. No, but I, I really like the point of view from the inside of the fridge outside. Yeah, this is not the first time we actually got this point of view, isn't it? No, but it's not surprising since six-time returning director. It's beautiful. He knows what he's doing and I'm absolutely there for it. And the shocking revelation of the episode. Which was taken away by the title. I know, how lame is that? I know I already mentioned it, but like, come on. This could have been so good. Yes, I still very much enjoyed it. I was mostly confused by Lucifer's reaction because he knows that Charlotte is alive. So why would he instantly assume it's mom and not human Charlotte. This is one of the things that I had issues with and I assume it's just for the sheer reason that he didn't realize that Charlotte would actually show up in the precinct ever again. And it's just that he can't see a logical reason for her to be there unless it's mom. Yeah, that actually makes sense. Which is obviously complete bullshit, but it's Lucifer we're talking about. Exactly, and in his mindset and what he considers relevant and what not, that actually really makes sense. And then, of course, we get the perfectly timed title card, which leads us into a day in the life of Charlotte Richards. And it's so good. So we actually get a soundtrack to it. And it is a song called Sweet Apple by Chess Frank. And, weirdly enough, it actually starts with lyrics, devils in the details. So if you will tune in to our bonus, you will learn so much information 
information about this song. I will never. Okay, I'm kidding. I did not find enough information. I was about to say, will they though? No, in the end, we talked about something different, but this got an honorable mention. So you mean to say in the end, it didn't even matter? See yourself out, please. No, I can't. We have to finish the episode. Damn it! Also, did you notice that this settles a question that I posed? So let me just read you out the first note I have on this scene in all cups and with six exclamation marks. See, I was right. It's Charlotte's place. Yes. <laughs> I didn't even take note of that, but at least now I have a confirmation and an answer, so yay! Also, the place still has amazing view, but I was confused that she is not living with her husband and kids. It gets explained later on, but I was surprised by that in this moment. And I really like how they set this up, because in the beginning you see her wake up and she does her sports and then she starts applying makeup and everything. And only then do you see the facade cracking. And I really, really do feel for Charlotte and the situation she's in. But on the other hand, would she not be in this situation, then she would simply be dead. Yep. So, bottom line, she's better off this way. Yeah, but it must be really, 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 really difficult for her. Because imagine that you wake up on a beach and the last thing you remember is a few months ago being stabbed in an egg with an ice pick. She doesn't seem to remember that bit. Did you notice? Hmm. She did. I don't know if you noticed. We didn't talk about it. But in the finale, when she actually wakes up on the beach, first thing she does is she touches the back of her neck. Yeah, but she doesn't mention it when she says that she doesn't remember the last few months. I'm curious if we are actually going to talk about that at some point. Hmm. Well, in theory, it is resolved because they had to resolve it in order for mom to be actually still around. But yes, this is a really interesting point. I didn't actually realize that she doesn't mention it. There is a very good chance that it's just a trauma that she is choosing not to think about, though. Or maybe it's in her subconscious and it's being suppressed or whatever. There's so many options. So I'm really, really happy that they brought her back because there's so many chances and opportunities now. Also, do you remember that this is not the first human on the show that has been to hell and is now back? Yeah. Malcolm was the first one. And Malcolm dissolved. He went cuckoo. He went completely crazy. So I am very curious if Charlotte is also gonna completely dissolve her humanity. If her breakdown later in the episode is gonna be the extent of it. If the guidance and friendship by Lucifer is actually gonna mean that she gets to have more insight into what happens to her. Like, is she gonna learn at some point that Lucifer is actually who he says he is and hell is not just what she experienced but actually like a place and everything so so many questions so many opportunities i'm really here for it and this is the moment especially the way they film this day in the life of charlotte richards where i go if this is part of season three season three has a very good chance of being really good mm -hmm. so this is the moment where my worry and sadness and annoyance with season three stopped and i became hopeful and involved and positive. As you said today, hope is the worst thing ever. I am not directly quoting, I am paraphrasing, but yes. So prepare to have your hopes crushed. Just saying. She says having absolute no fucking clue what actually happens in season three. Now, the beauty of this amazing montage is that it brings us right back into the precinct and it's just really well done and we get to see Lucifer being complete fucking dickwad about the whole situation for some stupid reason being convinced that Charlotte is really mom also Chloe still thinks that Charlotte is Lucifer's stepmom right yes and she mentions it a few times but Charlotte doesn't know that nope no 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 Not yet, anyway. I can't wait for the moment where either Chloe or Dan or Ella, because I think all three of them think that Charlotte Richards is stepmom to Ames and Lucifer. And I can't wait for this to come up and Charlotte having to deal with that. Yeah, I think that there's gonna be a lot of 
fun little things about the whole Charlotte situation. I think that's one of the reasons that they actually decided to bring her character back. And I am here for it. I can't wait. It's gonna be great. Also, Charlotte as a character is something that we have not gotten to experience yet. And bolts of steel on that woman. I really like that character. She is a shark. She is a confident, smart woman who is accomplished and I love her. While being terrified and paranoid and broken up inside and vulnerable and reaching out and everything. It's just this character has a lot of potential for me. And also I so, so appreciate that Trisha Helfer gets more range this way because for me mom was very one note most of the time and in this episode alone Charlotte Richards has such a range of emotions and intensities that it's just a joy to watch Trisha Helfer work. Yeah I have a whole bunch of shout outs to Trisha throughout my notes <laughs> because she is incredible. Another incredible thing that we get in this scene is Ella coming up to Dan telling him that she is still waiting for the autopsy results and telling the pudding lover done how difficult it is to get pudding off a corpse and stuff like that which is absolutely brilliant and then she spots Charlotte come in and in the most Ella way possible she tries to get done out of Dodge by saying stuff like let's go somewhere else what about over there I hear over there is really nice it's very Ella it's beautiful it's great to watch and I mean I adore Ella and I love Amy Garcia and I just oh this cast they're killing me as much as I agree with everything you just said there's one thing that made me sad about the ending of the scene And the part that made me sad is Dan. How hurt he is by the cold shoulder Charlotte gives him, by the compassion in Ella's face. And I really want the show to be nicer to Dan. He even, he says that she is a completely different person, which props to Dan for actually noticing. Yeah. I think all of our characters are very perceptive this episode, except for Lucifer. But even he is in the very end, so... But I really want the show to be nicer to Dan because I feel for him and I worry for him and I like him more and more each episode and I want good things for him. Now it is time for a cutscene. We just get a really super quick cutscene where Charlotte walks back into her firm and everybody just stops what they're doing and just starts staring at her, which is very weird. And this guy just shows up and approaches her, asking her if she is sure she is ready to be back. And what she asks is if she doesn't look ready. And he's like, no, 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 you look great. As always. But even before the beach thing, you were acting a bit erratically. So if you take a little more time off, no one's gonna blame you. And Charlotte's like, oh, no, I'm back. Give me all the new cases. Fuck off. Pretty much. She doesn't say fuck off, which is a shame because I think she should. But yeah, this is pretty much Charlotte coming back to work, being 100% there and keeping up her facade of everything's fine. But that is actually really interesting because that means this is her first day back and already she is going in there so nice yeah that brings us on to the pudding competition i kept everything that happens inside in one scene and then everything that happens outside in another scene i have it divided somehow. I was too lazy because I was not a fan of this scene. So, pretty much, we have Lucifer completely ignoring Chloe and trying to get somebody on the phone. I thought that he was trying to reach Ames to let him know that Charlotte is back. I did not realize at the beginning that he was trying to get to Charlotte at first. And then we go inside. We follow the scantly bikini-dressed lady who then puts on the angel wings. Because obviously, the heavenly pudding is about to make an advert with angels on clouds. Of course. (laughs) And in this, we get, as we're walking in and follow this little angel 
we get a song called I'm Dangerous by Zachary Kibbe, which is actually a very good song. And then the minute we actually start looking at details of the commercial. So after Lucifer just stands there staring at them saying, can't look away, uh, <laughs> which is, by the way, beautiful. It's so funny. We actually get another song playing, which is called Heavy, and it is by powers which as somebody might remember this band created my favorite song of two episodes ago if i'm not mistaken and weirdly enough this is not their second song on the show it's actually number four. Oh wow <laughs> yeah i know right i was as shocked as you were when i was looking at yet another song later on i was like i'm gonna have to talk about this song because this is the third song of this artist and that's like a record or something and then I looked at this one and I was like okay maybe maybe not so yes song number four by powers it's called heavy and it's just a really fun song but now I have to ask the first song in the scene not a repeat artist then it is not I don't think I think so Zachary Kibi has been credited with a different song a couple episodes ago but I have not found any evidence of the song existing that was the song that you could not find that you tried to sound hound yes yeah yeah we talked about it I think in the last episode it's a phantom repeat artist so yes it's just this really weird moment because every single time I try to find that phantom song it would bring me to this one. And I was like, no, 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 that's episode five. I'm talking about episode four here. Fuck off. But that's super curious. It's very weird. Yeah. There's a few songs like that. So I'm telling you, this episode, you know, the same way sometimes there is an episode where not a single song speaks to me. <clears throat> episode four. <laughs> This time, I could not pick a single one for the exact opposite reason. I just loved all of them. The music in this episode was really, really good. Even I noticed several of the songs, like the Devil in the Details lyrics and stuff like that. So everything about this episode makes me hopeful. But now we have praised it enough, I obviously have to follow up with a complaint. Oh, yeah. Because have you met me? Needed to be done. Why is Lucifer that easily distracted by the beautiful women around him it's not like it's an unusual setting for him i have stopped and wondered that myself but my resolution of this was that he have decided very shortly before as they were standing outside of the building that he needs a distraction and chloe said you need a distraction uh, so it's willful yes even though she meant the case because he immediately saw the girl he has taken it as in oh this is a good distraction Let's me be distracted then. So he is not being distracted. He is distracting himself. Yes. Perfect answer. Thank you. Strike my question. Yeah, I actually... Sorry, this is... Um, I have really weird notes this episode. They're very smooshed together. Smooshed. A lot of... Smoosh. I love the word smoosh. Sorry. It's a lo lot of text. So yeah, I actually noticed the same thing. Right before we leave the inside of this building, Chloe notices the creepy stalker dude once again that we see when they walk towards this building with the trench coat. IMDb actually makes a reference to Castiel. And I was like, what? Not every character that wears a trench coat has to be Castiel. Yeah. Especially if he looks like a flusher. Depends on who you ask. But Chloe notices the dude once again and she realizes something that I did not. So I was very, very intrigued with what she then sets in motion when she goes like, oh, you really should go to her trailer with her and take my coat and yaddy yaddy. And I was like... You're obviously planning something, but what though? And it has been quite a while that I felt this blind in a positive way by the show. And I really enjoy it. Yeah, I kind of realized that she is trying to have the girl pretend that it's herself by giving her the jacket. But like my issue was the girl's not wearing any pants. Like the creeper is a very bad stalker. Was that the intent? That she gave her jacket to her? So she can creep up on him. Oh god, no. That's my assumption. That's what I thought. Because she's wearing this really, really long jacket. So it's like almost to her ankles. But yet again, the girl has no pants on. I see what you mean. It seems probable. I don't like this explanation. <laughs> 
Sometimes are give, sometimes are take. But we go outside and Lucifer is dissolving into yet another being obsessed with Charlotte, with his dad, with everything. And he is completely ruining the mood and the moment. The girl doesn't really care, does she? No, she just looks at his very, very pretty face and is like, dude, just shut up, take me to the trailer and let's have sex. And I don't blame her. I mean, same girl. They go and the creeper dude is there again and Chloe shows up and she catches him. And I have to confess, I did not understand her reasoning. I did not understand what a fixer was because she talks about that and I did not understand it. I think my knowledge when it comes to corporate espionage is not very good. Which is a good thing, all the big corporations. We don't know what espionage is. Give us your money. Either way, she was right, so... Yay, competent Chloe back on the team! Yeah, she is very much competent in this episode. I was enjoying that. Favorite kind of Chloe. Mm, yeah, that has to be decided yet. So far, competent Chloe is favorite kind of Chloe for me. But, being a favorite, we get more Charlotte time! Also more done. And I have to say, this felt a tiny little bit desperate done. Tiny? And by tiny, I mean very. This was my first gut reaction was, Dan, why do you keep doing this to yourself? Yes, but by the end of the scene, I understand. He wants closure. Yes. He wants some kind of closure, but let's put it into the real world for a very short moment. Just very short. I don't like the real world. Don't do this. If someone that you used to have a relationship with, be it romantic or sexual or whatever, does not want to spend time with you anymore do not show up at their workplace do not hound them do not pester them with messages and calls or whatever don't yeah because the chance of them being with you only because they were possessed by the goddess of creation are actually very slim and so inside the show it really works and it's great for the plot and everything but in real life it's a big no-no just want to put this in there for the record but charlotte is so good in this scene. She is playing Dan, she is controlling the moment, she is brilliant and she's flexible and she's quick about it and every scene and every second she is in this episode I like her more. Yeah, considering she has no fucking clue who he's talking about or what he's talking about, she's doing really well in the conversation. And the conclusion she draws later on from this scene is completely logical. Yeah, absolutely. But what I like about this scene as we just mentioned, Dan ends up actually standing up for himself and obviously he does know the full extent of it and she doesn't know the full extent of it like it's just two clueless adults that have no fucking idea what's happening which kind of is hilarious it, it is really funny but at the same time I'm really glad that Dunn have decided to just let go and take care of himself first for now which of course is one of these horrible horrible things often done in movies and TV shows that the moment you decide to let it be is where it comes back to you. And I'm kind of not a fan of that. But we're going to talk about this at some other point. Because now we go over to the precinct and we get one of my favorite things in this very good episode. And that is loop whole swear words. It's like the best Trixie scene, but it doesn't actually have Trixie in it. It's so good. It's amazing. And finally, my question from scene one gets answered at least partially. And thank you. Give me a definition of what a bad word is by telling me about it. She did not technically break any rules. Why would she be punished for that? Cluster deck and mo mother flunker is brilliant. Socksucker. What is socksucker? Cocksucker. Oh, cocksucker. Okay. Vero. No, I was like, dick sucker? What? Oh. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Sometimes you are so precious and I really appreciate these moments. But I love the idea. I fully agree with you. You need to explain why certain things are bad and not just say, okay, you can't say these words because period. Because basically this is making rules like Pierce and Chloe did not like that. So I really like what this episode at the very end then goes with the approach. And this is based on what Lucifer actually tells Chloe, which is not very often that she takes Lucifer inside 
insights into consideration while raising her child because not very often she could but <laughs> the whole this is all the parents the mind games that play with you this is the basis and then I written down I'm gonna go ahead and say she will take this into account and we will get a nice Trixie talk by the end of this episode and we did you were right but also can we just for a moment appreciate Trixie's creativity because she's not only using the loophole words that Lucifer taught her she's already making up her own she is a smart child and we love her for a reason yes Anything else for the precinct? Nope. Because I have to continue praising this episode because nothing do I love more than being proven right once again. And once again I say Lucifer is not locking his doors and he really should and he has no basis to be surprised that people randomly show up in his place. To be fair, I don't think he was surprised that there was somebody there. I think he was delighted until he realized it's actually Charlotte. Who do you think he thought it was? Just some random woman disappointing. However, before we get into that happenings, I need to mention the song that is playing, which is called Devil in Your Eyes, and it is by Congratulations featuring Valerie Broussard. And if you listen to this podcast on regular basis, you have heard that name before, because this is the third time she has been credited, and I have mentioned her songs as my favorites before and if you then want to know more about herself and are way too late to google you can join our patreon and listen to the bonus episode because i talk about valerie brassard in my devils in the music also this is finally an episode again where i noticed that devil is being quite frequent in the song titles because that used to be so regular in season one but it kind of stopped being as regular in season two and i'm completely there for it to come back. I want all the devil songs. Yes, I absolutely 100% agree. So, I remember that I did not understand the whole Lucifer being so icked out about mom being in the sexy human body, but I have come to terms with it, I have accepted it, it is a given, and I do appreciate that it is consistent that he is completely freaked out by the fact that Charlotte, who is basically the human suit that his mom was wearing, is trying to make out with him. Yeah, I mean, this just supports my theory about once he associates that body with his mother, it's always gonna be his mom. He's never gonna think of her sexually, which is probably the only person on Earth, only human on Earth, that he doesn't think of sexually, or he hasn't think of sexually at least once. So at this stage, this bit was hilarious. It was so funny watching her trying and him climbing over the piano pretty much. Him climbing over the fucking piano was so good. So funny. But at this moment, I was like, is he gonna tell her? He's gonna tell her, right? He's gonna tell her what's happening. And then they sit down and notice he is barely wearing any eyeliner whatsoever so we are about to see some real lucifer which is nice that they still are keeping this up the more eyeliner the thicker the mask listen wanna bet that it's not related to it at all (laughs) i kind of want to ask the question though Do we have that question in our list? I'm not sure if we have it on the list, but it's something that I would love to ask. And also this scene, holy shit. Trisha Helfer and Tom Ellis as not mom and Lucifer have such amazing chemistry acting wise. This scene was on fire and I loved it and it was wonderful and painful and beautifully set and written and acted and everything and the vulnerability in charlotte when she talks about her not having visitation rights to her children which must be devastating you don't remember anything you're divorced now and you are not even allowed to see your children anymore and then on the other side you have lucifer actually showing compassion and this was just this episode in general but this scene specifically really touched my heart yeah i got very 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 upset with mother again it's been a while it's been a few weeks but keep in mind otherwise she simply would be dead and stuck in hell without any chance of ever seeing her kids again of course also we get confirmation here that charlotte 
was in hell. Yeah. But we get no information, hint, clue, or anything. How the hell she got out of hell and back into her body yeah we don't get to find out i hope they're gonna tell us eventually so this is a question i want to put in the season three that i hope the show answers in the future okay yeah that's fair enough i have a different perception of that because if i understand this correctly i don't think charlotte felt any guilt before she died and yet she ended up in hell at least she did not consciously feel any guilt that's the point yes but But that brings me to a question that we have on our list. And that is, if we subconsciously feel guilty about doing stuff, does that mean that somebody who is unable to consciously feel guilt, aka sociopath, would subconsciously potentially feel guilt and then end up in hell? That seems like the easy way out. But also it leads me to another related question. All the non-boring lives in Lucifer's eyes lead you to hell. That seems pretty harsh. So basically, this is the moment where I feel confirmed that God in this universe is even more of a dick than we thought. Because even if you only somehow subconsciously think that you might have done something wrong, you end up in hell. If you do anything out of of a pious, devout, God-oriented life, you end up in hell. So, eh, not a fan. And that is all I have for this scene. Yeah, so it's just, this is just a very interesting debate that we have started and we have never finished because we need more information. Writers, give us more. Yes. Now, this scene that is coming up now, I have absolutely adored and to me i have counted three plot twists one after another i'm very curious i kept everything in the precinct together in one scene because i'm a lazy person so you know what how about you walk us through the plot twists because for me there were none so to me we all started out with dan eating pudding because he can't stop called turkey da ella which is absolutely hilarious to me. It was just stop eating the fucking pudding. It's gross. And then we have Ella and Dan being detective geniuses because what are the odds of dying in two horrible ways? So, plot twist number one, we are in the interrogation room and we find out that the two companies are actually not competing, they are merging. That was my first plot twist. That's true. That's actually absolutely correct and I should have put it down as plot twist. The second one is insinuated in the penthouse, but Charlotte actually cooperating and showing up with the security video. Two is not a plot twist, so I'm not giving you that one. To me, it was in this moment. In number three, you're not gonna call a plot twist because you freeze frame and actually read the fine print. (laughs) So does Ella. I don't. So I'm Ella. Yes. Let's call it that way. Yes. I don't think I can ever give you a bigger compliment. So are we gonna change the name for Facts and Fun into Ella's segment? (laughs) No. Please give us the third kinda obvious plot twist. The plus in the pudding is poison. It's a triple P and it's a big plot twist because I did not see that coming when I saw it the first time. By this stage, when I was watching it now, I remembered the actual death being a suicide. But when I was watching it the first time I was like what the fuck just happened so this is a plot twist to me I understand not for you do you know what I'm gonna do now I'm gonna give you a fourth plot twist that I'm actually gonna agree with so it's gonna be two by two because I did not see it coming that he killed himself to expose the company yay us yay us so it's four plot twists by your account and two by mine and I feel like that's our usual ratio of agreement. Yeah, that's good. That's good enough. However, this scene just keeps on giving. Ella is unfucking real And this whole situation where Ella grabs the pudding and just throws it. No, no, no. She slaps it out of his hand. If there is a gif of that, I want that gif. That is pure perfection. 
the way she just slaps it out of his hand onto the window wall thingy. It's just, yes, girl. Yes, this is a, an amazing moment. And then we have this situation where we get this commercial break, I'm assuming, when we get the cut after this and then we come back to the room and we kind of go around and everybody's just kind of dropping and Charlotte is giving them th- her knowledge about the how big corporations work and stuff like that. And I love this moment because her knowledge of the other side of the law is such a massive asset to the team and it's just brilliant because this is a reason to keep this character around and it doesn't feel forced at all. She fits very organically into this team because she offers something that they didn't have. Yes, and I love it. Unlike Pierce. I mean, yes, Pierce is just dumb character that I hate. I expected you to continue with the Ella praise. Oh, we are coming to that right now because not only I am praising for another five seconds, I'm going to praise Trisha because she realizes that she possibly might be defending three killers and she walks off and Ella goes after her and she stops the lift and she has got Dan's back. It's amazing. And then my gift for this is the I'm watching you as the elevator closes. But what she says before this. Ella is being genuinely scary as fuck. But Ella says, I used to see light in you. Now I only see darkness. And this is one, it's extremely good. And two, this tells me that Ella has a certain power to see behind people's facade. Ella is way too perceptive to be like a normal human being. I kind of do wonder if we will get like a psychic element. She seems definitely something more than a human. She seems to be more than vanilla human. Yeah, exactly. And I really appreciate it. But also this kind of for me is my cue. Where is my Ella? backstory yeah so if you have anything else to add to my monologue here feel free yes but you were so in it and i only have like small tidbits thank you (laughs) tidbit one i love dan's self-awareness when he calls himself a dummy he's so cute i'm calling it now charlotte will turn into a public defender or something so she can keep attorneying but be good and she can be on the team also lalo the security guard was never a real suspect because if he knew about the poison he would not have been eating all the pudding and penultimate note he gave away his pet turtle kind of broke my heart yeah and final note charlotte is gonna try to get them to confess and it's gonna go so wrong lucifer to the rescue yeah oh actually (laughs) actually (laughs) whoa actually i do have Plot twist number four right in here. Yet another plot twist. Simon wanting to kill himself. See, so I have just written it later on in the scene because it was just not in the bam, bam, bam. And my final note on the scene is it's amazing how Lucifer completely bulldozes over the fact that Charlotte is not the one picking up the phone, that it's her assistant. I didn't realize that at all. So he calls her and you can hear this is Charlotte Rich's assistant how can I help you and he goes hey Charlotte so it turns out that it was a suicide so well actually Charlotte's not here I completely missed the first part brownie points for you it was hilarious ah just such a Lucifer move though nice we move on to the showdown with all the bad guys of this episode in is it like a yeah it's the pudding factory so all the bad guys in the pudding factory I wasn't sure it looked very very weird and there was no top of semen bubbling anywhere so I was like is it pudding is it not you can tell because when she shoots into something pudding starts coming out oh right you were very perceptive in this episode also when Lucifer walks into the building he walks into the reception area where the first first scene of the episode was happening yes you're correct so in this scene I only have very few things to say but all I have to say 
is very positive. I love Charlotte having a nervous breakdown and being aware of it. There might be a slight chance I'm having a nervous breakdown right now. I love the use innocent because they are so obviously not innocent. I was very surprised for about a second that Chloe let Lucifer walk in there and talk Charlotte down. He mentions it and we get a very acceptable explanation to it. So that was all super, super great. And also at the very end, Ben is the best human and I am here for it. I want them to get coffee. I think my main note of this scene is Trisha is so good that I forgot to take notes. She is absolutely incredible in this scene. The craziness and everything. She actually reminded me of herself in Battlestar Galactica a little bit. She still got it. Like she is so good. So to save myself, I just tried to make some notes and I had a pointer for her. Maybe instead of murdering people and maybe committing sin, try not to defend them. Just, you know, just stop. Stop defending them. It's fine. Just just let it go. Just find yourself another job. Don't kill them. Because then you're gonna feel as guilty as you did before. But obviously she's in the middle of a nervous breakdown. So she does not think rationally. And I just want to point out the beautiful wording that Chloe used. Charlotte is quite literally wrestling her demons. But yeah, I absolutely agree. Lucifer and Chloe working as a team on this case was very lovely to see. They did not frame it as him having backup. So at first I thought that he went on his own because he did call her on his own. So I was very glad that he actually was recording the conversation and he had Chloe there and he trusted her enough and Chloe trusted him back. I don't think he was recording the conversation. I think he was on a call with Chloe because Chloe overhearing this as a police person. I thought that it was recording and then she mentions that they were going to use the recording in court. No notes from you for Charlotte and Dan? No, I just have the whole situation. He is too good and of course he is right back in it. It only took one question. So, you know, listen, it is what it is. I know. And I wish him all the happiness. With this, we go into the penultimate scene and I only have one note. It is a good parenting lesson that we are being shown. But what is Chloe gonna do with the money in the jar? They're gonna go out for dinner. You think so? Or she's gonna put it towards Trixie's college fund, <laughs> I'd say. Yeah, I keep forgetting that college funds are a thing in the US. So yeah, completely right. Sad, boring answer. But if we don't find any poll for this episode, we can make up fun answers and use this as the poll. I was actually gonna suggest another poll in this scene because they do have a whole bunch of creative insults <laughs> and they do mention go to shell in this scene yet as another one. So I was actually wondering if we could possibly maybe use that as a poll as which one is your favorite? The favorite loophole swear word? Mm-hmm. Maybe? Maybe. Well, now you have options. Yay. Options are good. And yes, I yet again will agree with Chloe's parenting because if you forced something on anybody without explaining why, it will never go over well. It just, if it doesn't make sense, they will always gonna try to disobey because why would you oblige a rule that doesn't make any sense to you? I, as an extremely rational human, can understand that. And also, she does say this very obvious thing, which, especially in today's world, I thing bears repeating and that is if you go looking for loopholes you will find them. I can only nod my head and I have nothing to add to this. Now the final scene. I love the fact that we go full circle in this episode with Lucifer now feeling accountable, accepting it and acting on it because sometimes it feels too ignored, too slightly on the side when we have a moral basically of an episode and this time it is really beautifully done and once again this is now the second scene with just Charlotte and Lucifer together we see the quality of acting when the two of them are together in a scene and now Lucifer befriending Charlotte and verbalizing his feelings with her as a talking partner just gives us so much more 
depth and quality to it. Everything about this scene is amazing and great and wonderful. I hope there are many, many more scenes where we have Charlotte and Lucifer together without the destruction of other people. And also, I kind of like the fact that the final sentence is the title drop. Yeah, that was also one of my notes. So I'm going to bring us back towards the beginning of the scene. Charlotte seems to be coping really well considering what she just found out. No, 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 Vero. She's coping with red wine, even though she doesn't like red wine. That is not coping real well. That's called alcoholism. You make some good points there. We're on the same level. Okay, she is not an alcoholic. She is dealing with some difficult issues. And I think that she is coping well. And since she is coping so well, I wonder if Lucifer is going to tell her what actually happened. Because that would probably fuck her up. The knowledge of the divine and stuff like that. So I think that's going to be very interesting if we actually get to see that. I do wonder though, because she already knows about the existence of hell. So wouldn't the proof of heaven help her in a way? The question is, the morality of her decisions being based on, uh, I don't want to go to hell, I so I will behave good, doesn't that kind of cancel out the whole being good thing? Not in Christianity. Never mind. Because remember, Vero, like you said, intent doesn't matter. I mean, the intent was there, except you saw the different intent. Never mind. Let's not get into that whole pile of shit again. (laughs) Anyhow, after we kind of get this whole situation of, like, I was kind of wondering if he's actually going to tell her and confirm the reality of who he is and the existence of hell and heaven and stuff like that. We get our last song of the episode, which is called Are You Happy by... Stacy and it's a beautiful song to finish up a beautiful moment because Charlotte asks about mom and Lucifer actually gets a chance to talk about his mom in a way that we have never seen him talk about her and he's so genuine he's genuine and gentle and slightly in pain he's missing her and he says everything the other you did I know it came from a place of love and I will miss her more than she will ever know which is the ultimate I know we have our differences but she is my mom and I love her which is beautiful because this is an approach that we haven't seen in him and I love seeing this I love that he is accepting the fact that she has done these things for love and he is acknowledging his own feelings towards his mother which so far he hasn't done this was this beautiful ending to this episode so I really appreciated that great final scene for the episode but let's not kid ourselves the entire episode was not just good it was a great one and it was totally unrelated to the cinnamon plot so maybe it's not the season that sucks and just the one plot line Getting Charlotte back as herself is definitely a more than welcome addition to the cast. And I'm quite curious how much of her away time she will manage to learn or be told by Lucifer. And I also can't wait, like I said, for Chloe or Dan to mention the whole stepmom thing. Having some Trixie back was a hilarious plus and we got some good parenting advice, which Pierce, who was wonderfully absent in this episode, should (laughs) definitely listen to as well. While I missed Mace and Linda, I really have to say that Dan is rising more and more on my list of favorite characters. And I really hope that he and Charlotte get a proper go this time, especially if she stops defending uber criminals. And like I said several times in this episode, the chemistry and the quality of acting between Trisha Helfer and Tom Ellis is beyond. And I can't wait to see more of it. Thank you, Chris Rafferty, for giving me back trust in season three. Chris Rafferty, we love you. Yes, I absolutely agree with everything you said. I adored the way they insert Charlotte back into the story and it makes absolute sense. It is good to the storyline. It works really well for the characters. She is bringing something new as we said and yet again this whole episode proves how amazing of an actress Trisha Helfer is. And then of course we have Dan being a puppy and Ella's being absolutely amazing and I'm just really really glad seeing Chloe and Lucifer working as partners again because we have both missed that in the last couple of episodes I mean, if we take out Mazikin Smith episode, it was 
very, very bad between the two of them for the last few. And I miss this. This show is based on them working well together. If you take that away, it's not gonna be great. And I'm hoping that they realize this now and they're not gonna take it away from us again. It does make me question the last episode even more. The dysfunctional relationship that Chloe and Lucifer had is suddenly sort of working and maybe it is because Pierce is not there. Maybe it is because Lucifer is finally getting a bit of a sense of himself again and Chloe stops focusing on other bullshit but Maybe it's just Pierce. So who the fuck knows? Pierce is the problem. PP, problem Pierce. We miss Linda and Mace and we miss Aminadil, to be fair, because he has tried to insert himself into Lucifer's life in the last scene of the last episode in a positive way, actually. So yes, he could have been helpful. And I'm actually surprised that Lucifer didn't even think of contacting Ames. Maybe he sent him another string of emojis. <laughs> Probably. But you know, we at least got Trixie and it was really funny and I fucking adored that. So, you know, I'm always here for Trixie. But overall, this episode was really good. It made my heart sing, as I said. I'm not gonna sing it again. And I think it's mainly because of Trisha. She made this episode for me. And the writing of the dynamic between Chloe and Lucifer, like you pointed out, this show is based on that duo and its source and falls with their relation to each other. Yep. So all hail Trisha Helfer, all hail Chris Rafferty, and all hail Lucifer. And with this, we say thank you for listening. If you are curious, find us on the various social media. We love interacting with you either over there or when you send us emails to lucifer at taot-podcast.com. If you want to get even more personal and have secret chats with us on our exclusive Discord server, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash taotpodcast. We have a whole bunch of different rewards from early release to hours of bonus content. Yes. Hours. If that sounds like too much pressure, you can help the show by leaving positive iTunes reviews. They really help. Or telling all your friends about us. Because nothing beats a personal recommendation. Thank, Thank you. you! Bye! Bye.